my son back there is saying that we didn't sing the best verse. Like it ends with no condemnation, but uh, I guess we're still under condemnation because we didn't sing it. So. <clears throat> no, we can, uh, maybe, maybe at the end we'll sing that verse. Um, all right. So I have had several people ask me about how that story of the assault uh, ended. And uh, so I, I, get, I just thought everybody forgot about the story, but apparently everybody, I, I, I left, uh, left you on a cliffhanger. So um, this has, it has nothing to do with anything that I'm going to say. So, um, uh, but I think I have a super short message this morning, so I might have time to. So I'll just tell you, so this, in the assault, we're, we're coming around the curve and everything. We had ignored the warnings from everybody. Everybody knew about this assault that had happened, and, and uh, everybody's trying to wave us down, and, and we just ignored all the warnings. That was my point. Don't ignore the warnings. You get warning after warning after warning, and you reject that warning. You reject it, reject it, and pretty soon you find yourself in this major problem, and that's uh, what we found ourselves in. Drove right into this assault, the guys with machine guns and ski masks, and everything and they had people on the ground and and so we this is like 10 o'clock at night our headlights are on we i mean we we just shine light onto the whole thing and this guy the the, the guy that's assigned to stop the next car coming in with his machine gun and everything we are we are i mean he's literally this close to to the car uh, right there pull up but he's with his machine gun he's the lookout guy once again and he's kind of looking this way in that way, looking, you know, off into what he, what I imagine he's looking into darkness, you know, as in waiting for a car to come. And he just kind of, you had somebody look through you before? He just kind of looked right through you. And he, he didn't even see us. He, he, didn't, he didn't see us at all. And, and I really think to this day that, that the Lord blinded him. And it was just a miracle. And um, so I'm thinking... And, I mean, we're seeing his gun and everything that's going on, everything that's going through your head. And, Amy, what did you say? I, I always think that you said he's got a gun. Somebody else, someone else that was with us said, <laughs> it was like, let's go, get out of here. Go faster. And I kind of had this, um, I, I, I kind of pictured, I don't know, everything's going through your mind at the same time. I thought I'd throw it in reverse and do this, like, spin 180, like, in Hollywood thing on the movies. And, I, I backed up, I put it into reverse, and I was like, super slowly. Super slowly. <laughs> well, there's no, like, there's no street lights out there or anything. I can't see where I'm going, and I'm afraid, like, I'm going to run off the road, and then I'm really going to be stuck, and I keep on thinking bullets are going to come through the windshield, and so I'm keeping my eye on the guys. We're going backward, and, and then finally I get far enough away where I, th I, I just got to turn around, and so I do this, like, 15-point er, 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 turn, and finally I get turned around, and I get going the opposite way, and uh, right about then is when the police, uh, the, the, all these other people had called the police the police came flying around the corner and they did a really cool like slam on the brakes turn sideways block the whole road and uh all the police i think it was a truck it was, uh a bunch of policemen jump out and they're all pointing their guns at us and i'm like no 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 it's not us it's not us soy gringo no mas and uh it, it, the bad guys are back there and they're like oh, okay okay yeah you guys go on to where all the other cars are and then they snuck off into the woods and we got back to the cars and when we got back to all the people back there they're all like what we tried to warn you why didn't you listen to a stupid gringo and uh and then after that they were like so what'd you see what'd you see 
but uh, uh, then after a few minutes, we uh, heard, heard some gunshots, and uh, a few minutes more, the police came back, and they're like, okay, we got them, you guys can go, and so we, we kind of caravaned through with like uh, 20 cars or something, but as we went by, they had all the bad guys down on the ground with uh, hand, handcuffed behind their backs, and um, so it was an exciting, exciting moment uh, going into assaults. Everyone should be assaulted at some point. The Lord, the Lord protected us, though. It was. So open up in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 to 26. Uh, I, um, I wasn't planning on, on, on preaching on this um, earlier in the week, but I, I, as, as Scott is preaching on, on Moses and, and there through Exodus, I... I just keep on thinking, man, he's saying so many great things about Moses, and, and I, I don't want to take away from what he's saying. And, uh, and so these things that I'm going to point out here, and you see in these verses, are, are things that he's already pointed out, it's things that Scott's already pointed out. And man, I do not like this. I feel like it's loose. Can you hear me? Is it, is it okay? Okay. Ah, just feels kind of loose. Um, let me read these verses. Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. I'll just read that one more time. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. I'll just read it again. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Crazy verses. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this great man, Moses, really recognizing that there are no great men, only a great God who uses little, weak, worthless men for your great glory and your great cause and your great name. And we've been hearing about that, uh, how you used Moses to fight this epic battle really to be your instrument as you fought this epic battle and the, the whole picture that we see of really the, the cosmic battle that's going on between Satan and, and you, God. And uh, obviously, no match. Lord, we thank you that you do use weak and um, kind of useless instruments. But when we are in your hands, you do great things. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would con continue to um, challenge and encourage us 
to give our lives over to you wholly and completely, just abandoned to God, uh, recognizing that there's only one life to live. We've got one crack at this life, and I pray that we just wouldn't, wouldn't waste it. Help us to not waste a minute more, to go forward boldly and courageously in the name of Jesus, doing great things in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, uh, I pray that you would just help us in these few remaining minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, let me tell a story from, from church history that, that will bring us to our, our main point, and I think it's what we see in these verses. Um, so in, in church history, there, there's a story about a, uh, a, a certain uh, kind of pastor, a, a shepherd of this uh, a whole house church in, in Rome. And uh, the guy's name was Sanctus. And uh, just a humble house church, uh, you know, 20, 30 believers that met together in this house. And the Romans were, um, were persecuting the, the Christians at this time. And uh, the Roman soldiers broke into this, this house meeting. And, and Sanctus was, was off preaching somewhere else, maybe at Yosemite Conference or something. And, uh, but the Romans came in and they, they apprehended all of the believers and they took them to the Colosseum. And uh, thousands, a couple thousand of people there in the Colosseum all watching as uh, they threw one of the Christians out to the bear. And the bear is, is, is in there and, and all of the people, thousands of people jeering and, and watching this spectacle, enjoying the violence and the blood and the guts as the bear just mauls one of the believers. And uh, Sanctus, he had heard his brothers and sisters had been captured and been taken to the Colosseum for this, this spectacle of torture. And, uh, and so Sanctus, he sneaks into the, uh, into the Colosseum and he's, and he's in the crowd and he's watching all this happen as his brother is being torn to pieces by the bear. Then they throw another one of the brothers out and, and the lion is let loose. And the lion comes and, and, and just destroys. That, that's my brother and Sanctus watching this as everyone is just mocking and jeering and seeing the Christians being torn to pieces. And, and then another brother is thrown out there and, and then they, they let the gladiator out. And this gladiator comes forward with the battle axe and sword and all of his armor. And he comes forward to the Christian and hacks off an arm blood spurting and then he hacks off a, a leg and and i mean just the the uh the spectacle and everyone jeering and laughing and finally the the gladiator finishing finishing off one of the brothers and sanctus seeing this whole thing he uh he finally just takes up courage and he jumps into the coliseum and, and they, they round up the bear and the, the lion and hold the gladiator back. And everyone is just kind of stunned that someone would jump in there. And uh, the emperor is there watching this whole thing with soldiers. And he stops the whole thing and, and, he, and he says, who are you? What's your name? And Sanctus stands up and he says, I am a Christian. I mean, the one thing that like you do not want to say <laughs> You're asking to be next thrown to the glass. I am a Christian. And the emperor is like, no, no, no. What's your name? I am a Christian. Okay, okay. Are you slave or free? I am a Christian. 
No, no, no. Are, are you educated or, 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 or stupid? I am a Christian. All of the questions that the emperor asked, he just answered with, I am a Christian. And dead silence in, in the whole Colosseum. A couple thousand people watching this and just stunned that this guy would say uh, or admit I, uh, to claim Christ in front of these, what, what could happen here and what they've already seen is happening to the Christians. And to stand up and claim Christ in that environment this meant, this meant death for sure. And, and apparently the, the emperor is so upset at this, this man that is claiming Christ in the midst of everything that they're trying to do, mocking the Christians. Finally, he, uh, the, the emperor calls in for a couple of soldiers that bring in these two bronze plates that have been heated up red hot, white red hot. And they come and, and they crush Sanctus between these two red hot heated up plates. They crush him as he's crying out, I am a Christian! I am a Christian! And, ah, I, it hurts! Oh, my flesh is burning! I am a Christian! And he dies. This is how he dies there in the Colosseum before all of these people. But at this point, they're not mocking and they're not jeering. Now they're, they're in stunned silence watching this. And as the story goes, the Colosseum empties out in dead silence and solemnness, recognizing that this man really believed that Jesus had risen from the dead and wasn't afraid to claim Christ as his Lord and Savior, and to identify with a, with a rejected people, the Christians. Nobody wanted to identify with them at this. I mean, it meant certain death. It meant persecution. And he, I am a Christian. What in the world? And I guess that just sparks this. The, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And, and just sparks one of those revivals that we read about in, in early church history. Unbelievable. And this is kind of what you see with Moses. This guy, yes... Christianity really begins at Pentecost, you could say, but the people of God, beginning with Adam, or beginning at the beginning of creation, and God calling out a certain people of His own. And I don't want you to get me wrong, I'm not, a replacement the or I'm not into replacement theology. Somebody don't come up afterwards and think that. Um, the church does not replace Israel. But, but the people of God in the big picture and God calling out these people and Moses, what a story of this. By faith when Moses, or when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That is three points here using three verbs in these three verses. The first one, refused. The second one is going to be choosing or chosen. And the, and the third, in verse 26, he considered. So these three verbs. Look, at he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Can you imagine it? And, and Scott already, I, I was going to, I actually was kind of preparing to speak through Exodus. And when Scott was saying he was going to do Moses, uh, I, was, I, I was excited. Maybe we could like do this together and it would be really, but I'm so glad because he's saying all these things that I just, he says them better than I would have. And we, I don't know, it, it, maybe it would have gone together really nicely, but you would have just heard the same thing in different ways. And that's good. I guess that's what I'm doing right now. So I should just be quiet. Moses, 
He, he already said this. Scott said this. But when he was growing up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Just imagine Moses. He quite possibly could have been the next Pharaoh. Uh, some of the commentators kind of talk about it's possible Pharaoh didn't have a son. He just had this daughter who, who, who adopted this Hebrew little child. And we know the story. And, and, and he, Moses was raised in Pharaoh's courts as, as kind of daughter's, uh, Pharaoh's, own, uh, Pharaoh's daughter's own son. Or Pharaoh's grandson kind of thing. He, Moses, think of the fame and the riches and the power and growing up in the richest country in the world. I mean, this guy, he had everything at his fingertips. And he refused it all. His, his buddies that he grow, grew up with must have been like, Moses, what are you doing? You're a fool. Look at what you could be. Look at what you have at, at your fingertips. All of the... All of the pleasures that Egypt offers, and you see that a little bit later. All of the riches, once again, the, the power, the fame. And, and, and he just refuses. He refuses to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's absolutely ridiculous. Why would you do something like that? You guys, most of you are familiar with the story of, of Eric Little. Eric Little, the, the, the fastest man on earth. I think it's in the, the Olympics of 1924. And he refuses to run on Sundays. And he would have taken the gold in everything. He takes the gold during the week um, in the 400, which wasn't even his best event. Uh, his best events were, were on Sunday. And he refused to run on Sunday. And, and I mean, just the conviction. Now, maybe, and maybe like we could argue about, can you run in an event on Sunday? And that's not the point. The point was, he basically was screaming to the world, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. This is what he was saying when he said, I don't run on Sundays. Look for some way in the life that the Lord has given you, wherever he's put you with whatever your gifts and abilities are, whatever your job is, your secular vocation, whatever it is, look for some way to just scream to the world around you, I am a Christian. This is my identity. This is who I am. I am a Christian. And I refuse to be maybe what I could be in this world because I've got something better. At the end of these verses, at the end of verse 26, it says, why, why does he do all this? It's because he was looking to the reward. He had an eternal perspective. Moses was like, I got 60 minutes to go. I'm going to get out of the cave. It's going to rain. This world is coming to an end. Hell has no exits. I've got a short amount of time on this earth. I'm living for the Lord. I'm going to identify as one of Christ's. I am a Christian. I, I, I love that. I love these verses. Now look at the next one. Um, in verse 25, choosing. So first, he refuses to be what he could have been in this world. He just walks away from it all. Unbelievable. Okay, you live in the United States of America. Once again, you live in Disneyland. 
and the American dream, and it just wants to, it wants to suck you in. It, and it has sucked many of you in. And it's just completely blinded you. Oh, I feel it all the time. I'm partially blinded already. Oh, Lord, help me to not be sucked in. But to refuse what you could be, maybe, if you just went with it. If you just let Disneyland suck you in and you just went with it. And some of you have the ability to, to, to really be sucked in and to be great in this world. I mean, you, some of you could really make a lot of money, which I'm not saying is wrong. But man, what do you do with it once you get it? And do you let that suck you in and kind of blind you and transform you, mold you into Pharaoh? You could be Pharaoh. And then he refuses that. Not only he refuses, he chooses rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose to be mistreated with the people of God. I mean, these, these people, they're slaves. They're despised people. But actually, Moses is like, you know what? It's better to identify with these slaves and mistreated, despised people. It's better. I'm going to identify with God's people. That's better than the pleasures of sin. Fleeting pleasures of sin. And you think of Egypt. All of the things that Egypt had to offer. It's just the United States of America. Everything that it has to offer. And man, you could just grab a hold of all of these pleasures that suck you in. And, and right here, the writer of Hebrews calls it these fleeting pleasures of sin. It's interesting, fleeting. Sin brings probably, yeah, there's pleasure. But it's fleeting. Just for a time. And then the consequences come. The fleeting pleasures of sin. Um, so I, I, was, I was talking with, with Kevin Cooper yesterday and he was reminding me of a, a story that I said in, at Fairhaven. And I'll just say it again. So I'm sorry if people from Fairhaven. But uh, in, in the jungle, um, we kind of had works in, in 30 different villages uh, on the Wajaga River. Um, in, in the Amazon, and uh, I would go from village to village preaching, and, and, and so we would have conventions every six months, uh, and actually they have a convention, they just had a convention about a week ago, they'll have them right in the beginning of July, and another one uh, right at the end of December, uh, but it's a convention where the brothers and sisters come from each one of the villages, so each village is about 300 people, and uh, our, our little church in each village is about maybe 15, 20 people. Some of the villages might have like a 30-person uh, church there. But all the brothers and sisters will get together and they come to one of the villages that they've chosen ahead of time uh, in early July. And uh, they'll all come there. And some of them have come with, with uh, smoked monkey and others will come with a deer that they've hunted or wild boar brains or uh, yucca spit juice. I mean, it's, a, it's this big feast, but there's Bible teaching for about eight or nine hours a day. And every evening there's an evangelistic meeting and the whole village then comes out. So we got about 400 brothers and sisters as they come from all 30 villages, 10 from here, 15 from there, 30 from there. And we all come, we meet at this village. And uh, some of the villages are farther away than others, but these are great times of, of just communion with the brothers and sisters. Kind of like this. It, it's bigger though. And uh, anyway, uh, one, at one of these conventions, there was a brother 
that had come from the farthest village out. And uh, I knew where he had come from. And it was a four-day journey to get to this village. And he had come, it was just a little, down his little creek, and then it was upriver, like four days. And he had come, he didn't have a, a motor on his, on his canoe or anything. He, was, he just came remando. He came with the, uh, uh, an oar, rowing. And, and he's, he's rowing upriver. And, and I saw him, I was like, hermano, como llegaste? How did you get here? I know how far away your village is. He's just like, oh, brother, every day, just every stroke of the oar, I said, I'm going to be with the brothers. I'm going to be with the brothers. All day, Bible, prayer meetings during the night, breaking of bread with all the brothers. I'm going to be with the brothers. I'm going to be with the brothers. And then at night, he'd find a little sandbar and set up his mosquito net and sleep at first, first light. I'm going to be with the brothers. I'm going to be with the brothers. And I was just thinking about that when you were talking about Psalm 133 and, and how blessed it is to be with the brothers in unity. And I mean, what a special time. But this idea, yeah, the church is awkward. And we are sometimes hypocritical. And there are problems. And we don't agree on everything. And some think there should be drums and others think there shouldn't be in the carpet color and oh. But this idea from Moses right here, I'm going to identify with the brothers. I choose, choose to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Psalm 84, that idea of, you know, just to be a doorkeeper in God's house with God's people, that is better than a thousand days anywhere else. It's a thousand times better. I just want to be with the people of God. Yeah, some of them are awkward and some of them are difficult. And you know what? I'm probably the most awkward and the most difficult. But I just want to be with the people of God. Why? I am a Christian. I am a Christian. This is my identity. These are my people. Now look at uh, this next one in verse 26. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. This, this is crazy. Think, I mean, you just read this and you kind of, oh yeah, yeah. But think about it. He considered the reproach of Christ greater. He's like making this kind of um, a comparison or let's, let's balance on the scale. Which is better? Um, the reproach of Christ or the wealth and the treasures that Egypt has to offer? The, the reproach or the mockings of being considered a Christian. The scorn. The despising. They, they despise you. Which is better? Which weighs more in the balances? It, being despised as a Christian or having all the wealth of the greatest country in the world? Which is better? And Moses considers this one to be better. That, 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 that's amazing. He actually considers being mocked and ridiculed and the reproach of Christ actually is more to be desired than all the riches of the richest nation in the world. What you, Moses, you're weird. You, you are very, very strange. What, what are you talking about? And I love how the Bible brings out these different, very strange people. I mean, and, and this is in Hebrews 11, where it talks about strangers and aliens. These are people that were pilgrims. 
just passing through on this earth. I'm just here for a short amount of time in comparison to eternity. Here for just a few years. I'm a pilgrim. And I love that. I'm just passing through. I'm going to the celestial city. That's where I'm from. My identity is in Christ. I am a Christian. And, and he refuses to be what he could have been in this world. He chooses rather to be mistreated with the people of God. And then he considers it actually the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Why would you do this? Because he was looking to the reward. The re like he had an eternal perspective. He felt urgency in these last days. And we're way closer to the last days than Moses was. He felt this sense of urgency. He was looking to the reward. What is the reward? I talked about it at the youth meeting a little bit. Man, can you imagine heaven? This is a little piece of heaven. I mean, just all of the, the great sights that you could ever have. All, all of the great relationships that you could ever have. All of the greatest foods that you could ever eat. Um, all of the greatest feelings that you could ever have. All of these things. Heaven. Oh, I want that. But you know, if that's all you want, if that's your reward, you should just buy a motorhome and tour around. This is as good as heaven gets right now. If you get all that and it's not about God, you just missed the whole point. It's like Moses, I want God and God alone. It's all, I just want God, and I want to follow Him, and I want to do His will. I want to be His servant. I want to identify with His people these few short years that I'm on this planet. Brothers and sisters, I don't care what church you come from. Most evangelical churches across the nation are dwindling, especially the youth. They're just walking away, walking away from the faith. It's because they don't have this Moses mentality. This idea, you grab a hold of this, you get this eternal perspective. I'm looking to the reward. The reward is God. I want God and God alone. You get that perspective and then you're like, okay, I refuse. I'm just going to reject everything that it could possibly be in this world. Uh, what this world has to offer, knowing that it could suck me in and draw me away from the Lord. I'm going to choose rather to be mistreated. I'm going to choose to, to identify with God's people, whatever the cost is. And, and then this idea, I just consider, you know, the, the reproach of Christ, greater wealth than everything that the United States of America can offer me. And you get this eternal perspective all of a sudden. Now you've, you're this pilgrim. I'm a stranger and an alien in this world. I'm just passing through an eternal perspective. Let me read to you how the, uh, the early pillars of the church died. Most of these apostles. Listen to this. In the year A.D. 64, Mark, he was dragged to death behind a horse. In the year 66, Paul was beheaded. In the year 69, Peter was crucified upside down. They were going to crucify him. He says, I don't, I'm not worthy to, to die as, as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died. If you're going to crucify me, do it upside down. Could you imagine how all the blood in your body would just kind of run to your, your head? 
and, and you're trying to breathe and, and like push yourself up, and, but hang, your blood would maybe explode because of the pressure. The deaths that these guys were willing to die because they really believed Jesus had risen from the dead. And they really were going to stand up and say, I am a Christian. They really believed it is by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. He's given me a free gift. Mercy, love, grace, I want it. I'm willing, whatever it takes. If they behead me, if they crucify me upside down, I'm following Christ to the very end. Year 95, John on the island of Patmos boiled in oil. Year 35, James slain with the sword. They say that they threw him from the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem. He hits the ground, cracks open his head, doesn't quite die, so they finish him off with clubs. After that, 70, the year 70 AD, Andrew crucified. The year 54, Philip crucified. The year 70, Thomas goes to India, speared to death. Bartholomew, skinned alive and beheaded. Matthew, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew in the year 60, beheaded. Luke, hanged to death. Simon the Zealot, crucified. Judas, the son of James, the other Judas, shot through with arrows. <laughs> you want to be a Christian? They're going to choose the, ne the next one of the disciples here. It's going to be Matthias. Are you sure you want in? But this idea, this eternal perspective, and just... I am a Christian. I consider the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Why? He was looking to the reward. Oh, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Such a short amount of time here on this planet. 60 minutes to go. You've got to get out of the cave. Wow, there's still time to do something for the Lord, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, doing great things for our great God and His great cause, waving the banner of Zion across the land because it's going to rain. And the next time it rains, it's going to be fire and brimstone. Not just great drops of H2O like in the days of Noah. Oh, it's going to rain again. And it's coming sooner than we might think. Hell has no exits. Oh, to be like Moses. This idea of, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. Brothers and sisters, this is, I, I really feel, this is what we need. As a church in the United States of America, we just have to refuse maybe what this earth and this nation could offer us. Because knowing that if I go that way, it's just going to suck me in. It is going to draw me farther and farther away from the Lord. Jesus himself said it's harder for a rich man to enter into through the eye of a needle than to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's like, it's kind of shocking. That's unbelievable. And I know there's different interpretations where we try to explain away that, uh, that whole idea. I don't, it's, let's just take it for what it says. It's, it's really, it's like impossible. All things are possible in Christ. God can do it. But then this, this choosing to identify with God's people. Oh, young people, don't leave. Find a good Bible preaching church. Go there and use your gifts and abilities and plug in. Identify with the people of God. No matter how awkward they are or how difficult it might be. You need the people of God and they need you. 
choosing rather to identify with the people of God, saying, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the things that we're hearing about from Scott as he talks about Moses. And, and just this, this man that refused to be what he could have been in this world. He chose to identify with these lowly people because they were your people. And then, Lord, we see this man had an eternal perspective. Oh, God, I pray that you would give us an eternal perspective here in these last days and put a sense of urgency in our bones. I pray that your word would be in our bones like Jeremiah said. His word was in my bones like a burning fire. It was shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Oh God, we pray that you would raise up preachers and evangelists and those that have the gift of helps and whatever gift it might be, that they would go forward boldly to make your name great while there's still time here in this last hour of human history, identifying ourselves with your people unashamedly. Please, Lord, stamp eternity on our eyeballs.